Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. And this week, we have a very interesting guest here to tell us a lot of her personal story, which is, well, really just incredible. Mia St. John is fabulous. Welcome to the show, Mia. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're very, very welcome. So I, I would love to just say, please tell your story and just let you talk for the next 25 minutes. That would that would just take so much pressure off of us. But <laughs> but we want to kind of, you know, we, we want to take this into bite-sized chunks. So the first question that we're going to ask is about your son, Julian, and sort of his mental health as a child. Yeah, so my son had schizophrenia. A brilliant child, the love of my life, my firstborn, my only son, very artistic. He was a very well-known artist in the Laguna Beach uh, OC area, even though we're from Los Angeles. That was the gallery that had all of his art, was the Laguna Gallery of Contemporary Art. So he's a very talented child and very funny, charismatic but he did have a very serious illness, and he would self-medicate with things like meth, as well as alcohol, marijuana, et cetera. So I actually put him in a mental health facility to get him off of the drugs, and I never got him back. You, you say that he had mental illness starting as a child and, 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 and as he was older, and you say that you never got him back. Can you explain what you mean by that? Well... When you put your child in rehab or a mental health facility, you, you expect to bring them home one day. And that did not, unfortunately, happen for me, as well as so many other kids that go into these rehabs and mental health facilities. And, and people don't know that because it's such a hidden world. You know, my son um, took his life from what we know thus far in the bathroom of his room. Now surveillance did show that his roommate followed him in to the room after he went in and only the roommate came out and then my son was found um, face down on the floor with a bag over his head. And my son had told us many times that the roommate was going to kill him and, and so we told staff many times, but we didn't know whether this was his schizophrenia or whether this was real. So, you know, we still don't know. The point is they neglected him and, and we found that out through surveillance and the facility was found guilty of neglect and falsifying records because they tried to cover it up. There was a whole big cover up after it happened. And it turns out, I started investigating and it turns out that it, this is common practice. And I started looking up all the deaths that happened prior to my son and all the ones that happened after my son. If you think that it's so easy to find out, it it's public record, but it is so difficult. I filed with the state of California, the Freedom of Information Act, and they took so long to get it to me. Months and months went by and I was kicking and screaming and they said, we can't give it to you. The governor of California has ordered it to come to his office first. And so what did I do? I started tweeting to my thousands of followers, you know, 
the governor is hanging on to my son's file and will not release it. Anyway, I did end up getting it. Um, but And that's what I've been fighting for, is transparency. That the government is just, they're, they're too corrupt and too many cover-ups. And I want to expose that. There's three entities that I want to expose. And I will, I will die trying to do this. We can certainly hear the, the, the anger and the pain in your voice, as I imagine any, anybody would feel at the loss of their loved one, and then in, in particular it being your child. One of the things that you mentioned is that you started tweeting to your thousands of followers. Now, for those who don't know, why do you have thousands of followers? Well, you know, I, I am considered um, you know, a famous boxer. I hate saying that. In the boxing world, in the sports world. Um, and I did kind of cross over because I was on the, the cover of Playboy. So that kind of added to my... And I did, you know, a lot of the mainstream shows, Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien, Good Morning America, blah, blah, blah. Not only that, I knew I still had a lot of those followers. So I relied on media. You know, I went to CNN, Entertainment Tonight. I just went anywhere and everywhere that I could that would hear my story. Because I wanted to let these people know, however you want to look at it, they either picked the right son to mess with or the wrong son. The wrong son because now they're effed or the right son because now we're going to save many other children from this happening ever again. There is a lot of... Uh as you said, transparency issues when it comes to mental health. And without falling down a rabbit hole, there, there are certainly fine facilities that help people. I was in a psychiatric hospital that, you know, helped me a lot. But there are many, many horror stories. And it is very difficult to hold the horror stories accountable. Um, and as you said, you, you, have, uh, you have resources, you have uh, you know, some notoriety, you have some fame, and you ran into a brick wall. So you can imagine how hard this is for the average person who not only doesn't understand what is going on and is just trying to help their child, but doesn't have resources behind them. What do you want to see become of this? What would you like to, what do you want to be the champion of? Well, you know, that's very interesting because I gave a talk the other day and that's what one of the um, audience members asked me. And, you know, to say that I'm ever going to be satisfied, I don't know if that's possible because unless you can bring my son back, like, I will have to live with this grief and this mourning um, for however long the universe keeps me on this earth. I want to see change and how that's going to happen. And, and already little things have happened after my son passed. Now, you know, now there's no plastic bags are allowed in any of these high-risk facilities, especially the suicide units, which my son was in. So I want to see change. And, you know, like I said, this is not going to happen until they are exposed. And, and I want transparency. Um, I was asked by L.A. County Department of Mental Health, what do you want from us? And I said, I want transparency. And until you give that to me, I will not stop tearing you down. California Department of Healthcare Services, I want the same thing from them. Our LA County Board of Supervisors, I want transparency. I want them to let the public know what 
facilities they are contracting with and and which ones are in violation of multiple deaths and multiple violations now let me just ask you this if don't you want that as as a citizen like if you walk into a restaurant and you see a restaurant that's rated d because you know that every week someone's dying after they eat the food do you kind of want to know that before you go and eat at that restaurant or do you just not care no i, I mean, care a lot it's, it's a real question <laughs> yeah no <laughs> do you want to know I, vin do you want to know I want to know. And why shouldn't we know that? If you're taking your child, if any of you had kids, if if any of your children ever got addicted to drugs and you brought them to rehab, would you not want to know how many kids have been dying at this facility before you make up your mind, is this the one for you? And that's what they keep hidden. And that's what I'm, I want to stop, is the public deserves to know. Because I guarantee you, if I would have been told that, if I would have known that about the facility, my son would have never stepped foot in there. I know you you mentioned about all of the things that they have to ban in the uh, in these types of places to prevent suicide, and it is ridiculous how much they they go through to do that. Um, I my day job I, I work in in the hospital industry, and so I get to see all of these changes that need to be made. You know, retrofits for. You know, the types of sinks that they have, the types of door hinges that they have and and this, that and the other thing. So I agree with you about the plastic bags that that just seems bizarre that they were still allowed at that point. And I know, too, that that organizations are moving toward transparency, but it's such a slow process. I'm not sure why, but it seems to be. But that is a word that gets bandied about quite a bit. So I urge you to, you know, keep up your work. Yeah. And, you know, I I noticed another thing that's happening a lot. Um, like my son, um, thank God for surveillance and toxicology. Thank God. Because toxicology showed that he was not taking, he was not on his vital antipsychotic, which could be why he took his life if he did. And surveillance also showed that they were not doing the mandatory checks on someone who's high risk. It was supposed to be every 15 minutes. And it shows that my son was in that room. He went in the room, shut the door. He was on the payphone with me. I was the last person to talk to him. Went into the room, shut the door, and for an hour, nobody checked on my son until it was lunchtime. And they went to see why he didn't show up for lunch. But that whole hour went by and none of the checks were done. So in the end, Mia, who do you think is really responsible for, for Julian's death? I think the facility is responsible. And apparently the law thought so too, you know, because we, we did sue them. And the fact that it had happened so many times. It happened before my son got in there. They had just settled a lawsuit when my son entered that place. And then it happened after. So there's obviously something going on, neglect, uh, lack of education in the staff, or I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of factors. But yeah, I blame the facility. You know, you, you took my money and you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And, you know, the California Department of Healthcare Services, they only check on these facilities to make sure they're doing the right thing every five years, which is ludicrous. You check on a restaurant like every year, I think it is. 
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face session. Go to BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central. One of the points that you made, you know, earlier when you asked us about the restaurants, you know, don't you want the health department to come in and expect, inspect restaurants more often? Don't you want to know what their ratings are? Obviously, if, if people are, are you know, suffering or dying or getting sick because of the food, you, you want the restaurants swiftly shut down. Do you think that, one, I think we can all agree that we'd like to see this for, you know, mental health facilities because... You know, folks are very, very vulnerable when they're in a mental health facility and they're a lot less vulnerable when they're, you know, at a restaurant. Do you feel that the reason that the laws aren't the same or that people aren't watching is is because people don't care? I mean, why do you think this is? And we should also point out that your experience is in California. So as we have listeners all over America, these may not be the laws in, you know, Ohio or Idaho or let me point out that California has the worst record for these deaths in rehabs and, and mental health facilities across the nation. Do you think that is because of a misunderstanding, a lack of caring, both? I believe it's lack of oversight that, you know, I mean, think about it. We have the LA County Board of Supervisors, which is five people to overlook LA County, which is, you know, we have millions of people here. Yeah, lack of oversight. I think it's lack of oversight. That's what it is in our state. You know, there's so much corruption in California. I can, we could be here forever, and I can just go over every measure that's passed, every bill, every fraudulent act by the state of California. But we don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, you can't you can't discount the fact too that we have a real shortage of services for the mentally ill in this state too. I'm also in California. And Oh, okay. It, but can I tell you something? Sure. W- what city are you in? Sacramento. Okay, so perfect. You know Mayor Steinberg? Mm-hmm. You know that they got the Mental Health and Services Act passed, which is right. like almost $800 million um, for the homeless who are mentally mm-hmm. ill and the mentally ill. And and where's that money? Most of it There's hasn't a complicated answer yet. to that. <laughs> a very complicated answer to that. But I understand where you're going. It's not being used quickly enough. It's still sitting there. Oh, okay. I'll tell you, a lot of the money goes into prevention. Um, like, for example, they had a huge concert in L.A. that lasted two weeks. And they hired um, athletes like Kobe Bryant and big bands and singers to come out and dance and sing and woohoo costing millions right and to prevention awareness really meanwhile do you know how many homeless people we have on skid row right now Mm -hmm. that aren't receiving services that are mentally ill and so everybody complains in la about the homeless people all the homeless people we have oh but meanwhile they're having a party that you can go to in here, you know, you can get an autograph from Kobe or see your favorite singer. Oh, okay. 
the raising awareness debate will rage on in mental health forever, I'm afraid. And what's fascinating to me is I always use the analogy, I'm going to raise awareness about my mortgage. Uh, I'm not going to pay it. Uh, I, I'm just going to make people aware of it. And that apparently is success. If you are aware that I have a mortgage, I, I have accomplished something apparently. And right. It, it's it's, this it's is, that ridiculous. I, Gabe Howard, am somebody who does believe that we need to educate about mental health. We need to make people aware of what to look for. But all of that is to further the greater good of uh, if you are aware of what to look for and you spot it, you will know what to do. That falls apart if the thing that you're supposed to do is unavailable due to a lack of funding or money or resources or oversight or transparency. Um, in your case, you did know what to do. You, you got your son to a hospital and you got help and it fell apart because they're, well, just it just fell apart. And your story, unfortunately, is not as uncommon as I think people realize. Think it is. And I yeah. think that's mostly your point as well that even the people who are doing the right thing are getting the wrong outcome. Right. And you can also, I mean, this is all like public record. You can Google um, all the deaths that are happening. They're averaging like one every two weeks, what I read. You can find that in the, the OC register about all the deaths that are happening in rehab and the lack of oversight that the California Department of Healthcare Services keeps licensing these places, despite all the deaths. Now, Mia, as, as you and I both agreed earlier, we do have a severe lack of, of services, both in the, you know, in the hospital realm and, and also in, in the community. So if all of these facilities that have the D ratings, as, as you implied, if we were to not license them for, the, for, those, for those periods of time and they would have to close, then what happens? Where do these people go? There are enough or facilities that are dying to get these contracts from the county. And I was told this, you know, by the insiders, you know, because I was very close with LA County Department of Mental Health um, for many years before my son died. I just give talks for them. Um, so I'm still very close to a lot of the people there. It's very political. Like a lot of the facilities that they're contracting with, those decisions are made for very political reasons the same reason that certain politicians will back them up. You know, so there's just a lot of corruption, which is not anything unheard of. Like, I think we, everybody pretty much knows, like, you know, corruption runs deep in, in governments and uh, politicians. Obviously, the, the, the Psych Central Show podcast can't comment on whether or not there's corruption because, you know, we're not investigative journalists. But to your point, we know that bad things are happening and we know that the response to those bad things is not as aggressive as when bad things happen in other areas. Um, not to point people, you know, back to the to the restaurant analogy, but it, it's really true. Uh, we we see we see restaurants get shut down, printed in the paper, commented on constantly, uh, and right. the people utilizing those restaurants are people who are well and have their faculties and their resources and you know, the money to eat in a restaurant. They're, they're not sick, confused, and, and mentally ill, and in many cases, unable to advocate for themselves. We can obviously go down a rabbit hole and decide, you know, how to fix it, whose fault it is, etc. But 
I think I want people to focus on you're a mom who lost her son and the response to that seems to be, well, that happens. And right. that really seems to be it. There's just right. not a lot of, there's not a lot of ideas past that, is there? Right. And, you know, I think another thing that people don't realize um, is where my son passed. He passed in Long Beach, Compton. And there was such a lack of response from the LBPD. Um, I even had one, and I, and I questioned them, questioned them, you know, it was this shoddy investigation, like, what the heck? And the man says, sorry, we didn't know, ma'am, that he was your son. So, and then he proceeds to say, do you know how many young black males, because my son, for some reason, was listed. Um, he's black and Latino, but he was just listed as black on the report when they called it in. A young black male. He said, do you know how many young black males come across our desk every day? As, as if as if that makes it okay. Yes. Oh, well then. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was, unfortunately, I was shocked because maybe I'm just naive, but I just thought that, you know, Every life mattered, whether you're in Compton or or Beverly Hills, whether you're white or black. Unfortunately, as we've learned, when it when it comes to treatment of mental illness, the more money you have, the better, uh, and and that's a shame. It's something that uh, I, I live with bipolar disorder, and I talk a lot that the reason that I am well is because I had substantial financial resources and I had a great family. And if I didn't have a great family and I didn't have health insurance and I didn't have financial resources, uh, and let's say that I was in a, a rural area or uh, you know, someplace where I couldn't easily access care, uh, Gabe Howard's story could be a lot different. Well, one thing I want to point out, um, just so that people know this, thank God for insurance, but a lot of these rehabs didn't take insurance. And so we, we were paying like 15,000 a month uh, for him. The reason he was in a facility, this was a private facility, but it was contracted by uh, the county. And the reason he was there was because every rehab we ever put him in, he would just get up and walk out. Because as you know, in the state of California, you cannot force someone to be in these facilities. They can get up and walk out anytime they want. And that's what my son would do. We would pay and he would walk out the next day and start using again. And so we found out that the only way to keep him um, by force was to put him in one of these county facilities and get conservatorship. So that's what I did. I went and fought um, and won conservatorship of my son. And, you know, my son was... Um, you know, like I said, he was so artistic and so beautiful, um, but he had a, a terrible um, addiction for math. And so many times he nearly died, you know, walking out onto traffic in L.A., being high on meth. And um, I was desperate to get him sober. Um, and the only way to do that was to put him in a locked facility where he couldn't just get up and walk out. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Mia, we're nearing the end of the show. The, 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 really, the final question that I have is I, 
I know that unfortunately a lot of people can relate to your story. There's a lot of families struggling. There's a lot of parents fighting for their children. Is there any piece of advice that you can offer them so that perhaps they can have a different outcome than your family? Definitely. I, you know, I tell everybody, I give talks everywhere now. And, you know, I even started a center of my own for these kids in Santa Monica and, or I started programs in Santa Monica and I opened a center in Palm Springs. But my advice is do your due diligence. It's going to be tough because this information is very difficult to get, even though it's quote unquote public record. It's not, it's very difficult, but do that homework regardless. It's hard, but do it because it could save your child's life. Find out how many deaths have been happening in that particular facility. Find out how many violations and what the violations are, you know, and then make your decision. Thank you so much for sharing your story with our audience. Do you have a website where you can be reached? Yes, people can reach me at miastjohnfoundation.org, and you can see all the programs that we have and where we're located, and we're, we are free, a free center. Sounds wonderful. wonderful. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Remember, you can get one week of free, convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere by visiting betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com show. Psychcentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.